0: Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey, Clock Dodgers, I appreciate you guys for listening to this episode. Before we get to it, which the guest today is Matt Harmon super, super great conversation that me and Matt had. Um, He's been on the show several times. You guys know he's a friend of Clock Dodgers. Um, He's a really good dude, puts out really good work. If you're not familiar, I don't know what to tell you, but uh, NFL.com, Reception Perception, um, all all kinds of stuff, but this episode was a little bit different. Matt, if you're not familiar with his story, um, actually has made some drastic changes in his life, um, and actually lost a hundred pounds But you know, not just like, not this week or something, but <laughs> it's a while back, but he lost a hundred pounds at one point, uh, when he decided to change his life, right? He decided to get things in order. Um, and he felt that his health was the way to go, which obviously he made the right choice. I feel that It's important to discuss this. It's important to talk about it because... No matter what you know, you guys know with this podcast, we we jump all over the place, right? It could be about entertainment, culture, society, fantasy football. Um, it could be about anything, um, but most importantly, um, is to motivate us, right? To drive us towards our passions. To dodge that nine to five mindset. That even if you're doing a nine to five, even if you love your nine to five, there's still probably some passions that you can pursue, and you shouldn't get stuck in that in that 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 grind of nine to five and that's it. So something like Matt's story helps with that because he took something that he felt needed to be improved upon and did just that. Um, a lot of people, a lot of people have issues, right? We all have issues with something uh, that we can all correct. And I don't want to say issues, but there's something that we can correct that we can improve upon, um, and so I felt that talking to Matt about this was super important. Um, of course, when when you hear Matt typically on podcasts, it's about football or fantasy football or his reception perception and, and things of this nature. Um, of course, his backyard banter podcast is um, a, a fun one, right? It helps people uh, who want to get into the industry who are interested in um, you know going down that path. He talks to guys in the industry, uh, finds out their story. And so that's fun, that's different. But on an, on an average, when he's a guest on a show, it's about football, uh, which is great because that's what Matt's great 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 with. Um, but I felt like the weight loss thing, that that health that that health movement that he made, that change um, to be a healthy person, which he still is kicking ass with it today to this day, um, was an important side of Matt that needed to be talked about more. Um, because there's people that he can motivate with that. There's people that he can inspire with that. There's people that he could, uh, you know, provide, um, faith in themselves, whether, even if it's not the weight thing, right? So someone listening right now may not be heavy. You may be skinny as fuck. Who knows? I mean, you could be healthy as shit, right? And it's not about the weight loss. It's just about seeing, a place to correct yourself and doing it. Um, so whether it's to pursue a passion, because Matt has also been super successful at other things, right? He's done pretty well for himself. Um, so there, there, this was a great conversation. I don't want to get into what it was yet. You can just listen, and you'll find all that out. Um, and, and of course, we covered stuff, uh, fantasy football stuff as well, questions from listeners, things like that. So this 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 episode is jam packed with a lot of stuff. Between me and Matt. It was was a a fantastic conversation. Um, He's always fun to have on the show. Uh, So I really appreciate Matt for coming on and and giving us his time uh, for that. Okay, so in a little bit, you'll hear that story. And I I really appreciate you guys for tuning into this uh, because it's an important episode. Lots of of good stuff to hear from Matt on that. Um, I do want to say that before we get to the show, um, shout out to Official Fantasy Rings official fantasy rings.com. Have you, um, we have partnered up with them, uh, sponsored by them. As far as we are going to run a league, a clock Dodgers league where I'm still working out the, the details. Um, so don't quote me on anything. I'll put out an official announcement when I have it, but we're going to have some sort of charity league where, rings.com has has given us a ring. Uh, go go check out their website first. Do that first. They are a site that makes rings and, and stuff like that. Where uh, when you win your fantasy league, you would order one of these rings and look like a badass, right? So we partnered up with them, and they they're giving us one of these rings for this Clock Dodgers league that we're gonna that we're gonna do. And and what I've kind of mapped out is everyone who wants to participate in this league will. Have to give a donation to charity. We'll pick one charity and also leave a review for this podcast um, if you haven't already. If you have already, then that's one thing you just don't need to do already. But if you want to be in and you haven't done that, you'd have to donate plus do the review. Uh, And then depending on how many people we get, um, if it's if it's a close amount, we could try to make the the league that size. Um, But if I see that we're getting too many um, people that want to be in the league, then we will have to make it a a league where we will draw names from a hat and see who gets in. So if you donate. The money is gone if you don't get in the league, and it's if there's too many people. You know, if if we had to pick names out of a hat, obviously once you donate your money goes to the charity, and you may not be in the league. So that's just it's just gonna be fun. It's gonna be a fun contest if we get that many people. If not, if we get just enough or just a slight thing like sixteen, whatever, we'll we'll, we'll be creative with it. We'll be fun with it, so we can push this thing. We have some we have some leeway. Um, so as we get more, um, closer to that, I'll have more details for that, but. The, the awesome part about it is the winner of this league is going to get one of these rings from official fantasy rings.com, um, for free, just, just for winning the league. So that is awesome. Okay. I will have, um, a picture of the ring. Uh, if you guys want to see it, like what it's going to look like, which, which version you'll get. Um, if you're not, Going to be in the contest, I, and you have other leagues that you want to have, a, you know, rings for and stuff like that. I highly, highly suggest you check these guys out. Um, they have good quality stuff, and not only that, they're good people. They're they're customer service oriented. So if you hit them up, um, you can actually hit them up on Twitter at uh, at the Fantasy Rings, um, and they respond right away. They're good people. Um, they'll talk right back to you right away and answer any questions you have. Um, so if you want to do that, I highly suggest you hit them up because. You can do this. You can do this. And actually, if you if you hold off on it, um, I may even be able to get you a discount of some sort. So if you're interested in using that site and getting a ring, hit me up first before you make an order because um, I may be able to get you the hookup. So, you know, hit me up in the DM. hit me up on email, gmail.com. Let me know that you want to do this for your league, and I will hook you up. I will get you some. I will help you somehow, some way. You guys know how we roll here at Clock Dodgers. So, be patient. Hit me up, and we'll make it happen. Okay. More details to come for that, but I just wanted to let you guys know it's exciting, and we look forward to doing it. Um, thank you again to officialfantasyrings.com. You'll hear more about it as we get closer to the season. Um, other than that, those those are the two main things I wanted to hit on. What this episode is about, how important it is, um, and if you know anybody who is going. Oh wait, actually, one more thing. If you're listening right now. By the time this is out, the T-shirts, the Clock Dodger family T-shirts, those would have been on sale and closed by this time. Um, so shout out to everybody who ordered. We had a lot of orders. I was really uh, humbled by all the people that wanted to actually wear Clock Dodgers uh, T-shirts, hoodies, women's shirts, or even the uh, coffee mugs. A lot of people order the coffee mugs. I don't know what you're drinking, if you're just drinking coffee or you're getting down, getting down and dirty with them coffee mugs. But either way, um, a lot of people contributed, as I said uh, 75% of the profits will go to, um, charity. I'm going to give it to, we're going to, we're going to give it to for this, for this run, we're going to give it to brain and behavior foundation, uh, research foundation. And that goes for, you know, they, 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 they apply these funds towards research for things like depression, anxiety, addiction, PTSD, all, all kinds of stuff. You guys get it. Mental health disorders. And it's a big thing. I feel like, you know, it's just got the stigma over it and it's not right, you know, for mental health, from that angle. So, um, it felt, it feels good to do that. So for those who did order a shirt or order a mug or order a hoodie, know that, um, 75% of the profits from that, whatever the different, whatever the profits is that we get from it. Um, you know, that'll, that'll go towards that. I'll let you guys know when we actually process that, but thank you to everyone who took part in that, who participated, who ordered, even if you didn't order and you just retweeted the link or you told somebody else about it. Um, we actually had some people who just donated. They didn't even, like they they knew that if they donated the money, um, it would it would impact greater. It would be more money towards the charity um, because obviously the profits with the shirts it's a certain percentage. Um, but if they just donate straight up, they would get a bigger impact as far as the donation itself goes. So we had some people reach out who just wanted to donate straight up. They loved the shirt, but they figured it would be more of an impact. More money would go directly to the charity if they did it that way. So. Fucking props to those people. Shout out to you guys. That's awesome. Um, But it was fun. We'll constantly switch these up. If you guys have any particular charities in mind, I'd be happy to hear those from you guys and we can possibly use those on future um, things that we run. So, you know, if you have something, you know, personal to you, uh, it doesn't have to be a charity. It could be something else going on in your life or someone that you know or another different cause. Um, let's mix it up. Let's have fun with it and let's help some people. You know what I mean? Um, so shout out to everybody who participated in that. Those, those, it's going to look really fly. And people are going to say, hey, what is that Clock Dodgers thing that you're wearing? What is that? It's, it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. Shout out to Neil. Neil Nagel, who said he was in the gym pumping iron, and some guy was like, hey, man, that, that shirt looks sweet, but what is Clock Dodgers? He was puzzled by it. He was like, what is this? Some kind of pyramid scheme or something? Like, what is this Clock Dodgers thing? I don't know where you get pyramid scheme from. Why do you think somebody would be in a gym working out, getting sexy, wearing a clock dodger shirt and you think it's a fucking pyramid scheme i don't know what the hell that person was on too many steroids in the system but guys listen uh i'm 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 just dragging on here matt the episode with matt is waiting for you so let's go ahead and start that episode i will see you guys on the other side on the other end aka on the outro let's go play with it not going with it go I coach do it. You this game. I mean, listen. We talking about practice, not a game. Not a game. Not a game. We talking about practice. you. Down, goes Down goes awesome. You are now locked in to the Clock Dodgers podcast. Clock Dodgers
1: podcast.
0: All right. So welcome back to the show. I have a returning guest who I'm honored to have on. It is Mr. Mr. Matt Harmon. How are you today, man?
1: Oh, I'm good, man. It's good to be back uh, talking with you. You know, we, we obviously go back and forth on Twitter all the time and uh, email this, that and the other. But it's good to get in front of the mics and really hash things out. And uh, it's been quite a while since I, I feel like it's been a while since I've been on the show.
0: Yeah, it's been a while. Last time you were on, you know, we had Mike Fancy Footballers on. You got the reception perception going with them. Now, I should have had him back on here with you, man. It would have been, it would have been good, but just didn't align that way. Plus, I wanted this one to be about you, man. So I'm happy you're oh, back. Obviously, favorite subject. <laughs> yeah, you, right? Um, a lot's happened since since you've been here. Though last man, can you kind of just update us really quick on what you've been up to?
1: Sure. Yeah. I mean, I feel like since last I've been on here, it's been you know quite a journey. Like you know, of course, things still going well out here. Uh, we we started the fantasy hipsters on NFL Network. I feel like since we've since we last yes. spoke on this podcast, uh, with my with my buddy and and I guess now partner in crime, uh, Matt Franciscovich, the franchise. Uh, we were, you know, we got to. Got to make my TV debut, which is pretty exciting. That's yeah, like unbelievable. Thing, thing, like never would have imagined that would ever be a part of my life or much less my career. So that was awesome. Now we're doing the podcast shoot off of that. Of course, you know, charting receivers as ever. Uh, and luckily this year it did, of course, as you mentioned, sign on with uh, the fantasy footballers to feature the project in their ultimate draft kit, which is really great because, you know, I obviously like – I'm a writer, I am a data guy, this, that, and the other, but I am not like a, pa- I don't know how to package a product, you know, <laughs> and and they know how to do that. And par- by partnering up with them, it's allowed me to, you know, take the graphics to the next step, uh, take the just overall quantity of players that I'm charting to the next step. So, um, you're, I'm sure your listeners are going to be really excited when that project does come out. Of course, if you go to receptionperception.com, there is a pre-order link to get the ultimate draft kit and get access to 50 NFL wide receivers data along with all the rookies that I charted this year. So big time stuff going on with reception, perception and, and fantasy hipsters, you know, just, just living life, man.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And you know, I, I spoke to you before, you know, before you came on and I said that I wanted this episode to obviously when people know you're coming, on I get fancy football questions out crazy but obviously I told you before you came on I wanted to go in a little bit more about you and this weight loss journey that you've been on well kind of I mean I guess you're still always on it right but um you've you've, always yes but it's been like it's been a little over a year I know you mentioned it on Twitter and we talked about it beforehand but it's been a little over a year now since you know you've lost over 100 pounds and so I think that's that's huge and while, you know, we mentioned the fancy hipsters, NFL.com, fantasy football, all these, all these things that you're doing. Um, and I just feel like, although a lot of people know about it, it's still, I feel like it just needs to be heard more and more and more because there's a lot of people that can, you know, dramatically help. Um, so I want to just talk a little bit about the journey, you know, if you're, if you're down for that.
1: Oh, I'm absolutely down for that, and I really appreciated you asking me to come on to talk about this because, you know, of course, I love talking about football. Like, well, it's my job, so let's hope, you know, it's it's something I never get sick of talking about. In ter- whether it's wide receivers or anything else about the game, but you know, I, and I I don't want to get like too meta or anything about this, but uh, it's something that I believe that I have. I'm so fortunate and so lucky, and, and quite frankly, so blessed to have this little, little platform that I've built up with this crazy career of mine. Um, I do believe I have that for a reason. And a part of that is that I, I have gone through this weight loss journey and other, other things that have come along with that. And I believe that I, I, it's like my duty to give back to the universe and like, help other people along with that. And part of that is sharing this story and being super open about it. And it's a huge part of my life. It's a top five. I mean, it's a top five most important thing in my life is my health, my fitness, and and this weight loss journey. And I want to help as many other people kind of find that as I can. So it's always good to just to just get up and talk about it. So I I really appreciated you reaching out and asking me about it.
0: Absolutely, man. And so for those who have never been heavy or don't know, you know, what it's like to have, have been at that level, right. That you were at, um, you know, I mentioned you, you've lost hundred pounds or more. You're, you're still on that, you know, the health kick. You're never going to let that go. Of course, you're still living a healthy life, but that was a big achievement in itself. And, you know, for those who don't know, I mean, it, it's probably like basically someone handing you a whole new body, right? Like just kind of like a new, a whole new experience. Um, can you explain just that in itself? Like the, the difference from now to then, like that, that feeling physically, emotionally, er- everything involved.
1: Oh yeah. Well, for one, it's really hard to put in words and it's hard to like stick to just one part of it. I mean, cause there's simple things, man. Like I, you know, like I go to a store now and like, I can find clothes that fit me easily. Like right. I can remember, you know, I can remember like being, I don't know, you know, I guess in college or you know, late high school or whatever. And, and like thinking to myself, like I can't shop at that store, um, because they're not going to have clothes that, that fit me. right? And that's, that's like, that's embarrassing. (laughs) You know, it's hard to like deal with. Uh, I don't have those sort of issues anymore. And that feels, I mean, that feels really, really good. I know that seems like a sort of small petty thing or whatever, like clothes that fit you, like whatever. Uh, but it's just, yeah, like having, you know, not having to worry about, like, I just, I just flew back from, uh, my buddy's bachelor party in, in, in Montreal. And like, there's several parts of that, that, um, that, that go into that, like being, not heavy now that make me feel better. Like I don't have to worry about getting on an airplane and being like, Oh God, I'm going to be that guy. That's like taking up too much space. Like God, do I need two be, seats. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like I'm going to be so, but like you, I used to go on planes and be like self-conscious about yeah. that or on buses. And like, I'm taking up other people's space and like, whatever. Um, or even just going like when we're out in the city in Montreal, like, you know, I can go, I feel much more confident to, like go up to girls at bars and talk to them or whatever. And, you know, go up to anybody. Like, I don't go into every interaction with this burden of this massive insecurity because I'm overweight. Now I say that, and I always I always caution people. Like I think sometimes people get into the mindset of like if they have self esteem issues or they have insecurity uh, baggage or whatever. And I'm sorry I could I could you know rant if I go on any tangents or I rant or anything you know feel free to whip me back into shape. But, uh, <laughs> You're more than welcome. You know I I, uh, I get I get like people sometimes have the 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 idea that they're going to lose all this weight and then that's just going to fix all their other you know kind of self-image problems and that's not necessarily the case you know i i hate to say like that i feel like i still have this like kind of inner fat kid or whatever kind of sometimes reminding me like hey you're not good enough or you're not with this that and the other that's always going to be a part of your life but so i do feel so much better um uh, physically and confidence wise, uh, in myself. Now it is, it is very much like a whole new body and it's hard to not be like, once you get started, it's hard. I, it's hard for me to relate to not being obsessed with it. Like, right. um, cause it feels so good.
0: Yeah, I can imagine. And so, you know, what, you, what, what I was saying that, that, you know, what you've achieved so far, I, obviously you're a young guy, but you've achieved a lot. You've done a lot of good stuff, and. You know I always wondered with the 315 pound Matt Harmon the, at your at your heaviest would would you be working for nFL.com right now would you have created something like perception perception and put all these hours into it and, and you know have everyone looking for it for every single player possible would you have all these podcasts would, would he be doing this stuff right now or do you think that's a big part of who you know the transition that you've made
1: well I know that everybody you know would that knew me back then would be very kind in saying, oh, you were still awesome then. You're still smart. You could have easily done this, blah, 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 blah. But in my perspective, hell no. (laughs) You know, I appreciate that sentiment, but, um, there's no way, um, that, that I, I would have been able to do this at that, at that weight. And also that mindset, like, you know, everybody that works as a writer or in media or or what what have you, like you have to have a little bit of an ego because you have to have the the, the idea in your head that people are gonna give a damn about what you have to say right. Uh, so if we're gonna put your opinion out there, you got to have some sort of like belief in yourself. Um, and so much of the confidence that I have now like allows me to do that. Um, you know, I could not imagine. Uh, going like doing NFL network hits like the fantasy hipster stuff if I was that heavy like and that's much less if I even got to that point Right, Um, right you know like and of course I think one thing too that's really important and why I feel so passionate about sharing this especially with the platform that I have now like I think that you know sports media uh, and and journalism and writing and and quite frankly, I mean even sports fandoms the the viewers have the same issue. Like it do, it does not promote a healthy lifestyle, which is ironic that we're covering a sport, a game. You know, very fit athletes and like yeah, requires same, health, <laughs> yeah, right? Which certainly requires for health for the most part, um, and like. But, I mean, there are times that, that, like, the guys and I at work, like, we have to get up and just walk around the neighborhood at the office because we're sitting at our desks for, like, over eight hours a day. And, like, it promotes this – especially if you work at home, it's the same sort of situation. You know, you – it does not – it promotes a very sedentary lifestyle. And I got to tell you, like, I feel so much better at my job when I'm at my peak like health, look, everybody during the NFL season, if it's your full-time job, you're gonna pack on a few pounds. <laughs> comes with comes with, what, comes with the job. It comes. It does. It comes with the job. I pretty much say like you got to give yourself kind of a ten-pound sort of leeway, and like if you get past that ten, then it's like oh wait a second. But you got to be uh, willing to accept like because you're just not. It's just not gonna happen in, as much as it can in the off-season, but if you're, if you don't put a cap on that, it can really get out of control. And I feel so much better at my job in terms of thinking critically, in terms of the effort I can put into it, the energy I can put into it when I'm at my best health. And so, no, I couldn't, I could not imagine, um, being overweight or unhealthy and not being, and, 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 and being at this job, you know, it would just doesn't, it doesn't make sense. And that, that doesn't even take into account like the entire story and how, that all led to to this job essentially. So yeah, there's to me, there's no way that that would happen
0: right. And, and see something important that you say there. you you, obviously we mentioned with weight and everything like that, there's all these physical um, limitations and and pains and this and that 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 brings. but um, it's also very much like a mental battle, right? I mean from from your own experience, I mean, you know, is, is there for for as far as a mental aspect, is there something that you credit? to you going on this this you know this weight loss journey that you were on and get this get healthy journey i mean a lot of people act like you know um they had this epiphany or this this life-changing moment was, was there a specific thing um that did this for you or is it just kind of something that you just just kind of went into
1: yeah that's this can lead us into whole other areas of discussion but for me um when this all started this was uh like the fall of 2013. And I, I was coming off a really, and was really still in a pretty serious, uh, bout of, of depression and a really just low point in my life. And, um, that brought was brought on by a lot of different circumstances. And, uh, you know, it was really tough to, to deal with for a while. Um, but when I started to kind of get that under control, um, a lot of like a lot of what just I just needed something to control, I guess. I needed something that I could, because I felt like so, because of what was happening around me, I just felt so powerless to so many things in my life that, you know, this was one thing that not only could I control, but it would also make me feel better about myself. And, and, you know, I realized like I had the time because of the, the current job that I was working or, or whatever, like at the time and the, and the just convenience of, finally being able to kind of go to a gym. And like, essentially, I just kind of said, you know, I need to get my life back. And when I do get my life back, I don't just want it to be, you know, the the life I've had before, I wanted it to be something, something better. And you know, for years, I had had people kind of hint to me like you should get you should get in shape. It's not good. You know, I've had fa- my my mom, uh, her her father, who I, I never met because he passed away before she was even eighteen years old. Yeah. Um, he he died of of you know because he didn't take care of himself. You know, heart disease, this that, and the other. Um, and you know, I didn't want to end up like that. Uh, and you know, she would always kind of casually remind me of that. Uh, don't forget, like this is in your family, whatever. Right. Um, and so it was. Yeah, it was pretty much that. Like. I needed to to get control of of my life, and and once I did, uh, it was something that made me feel like in a time when I really needed to feel good about myself, this this helped me with that.
0: That's interesting, and and, and so you say, okay, so you had the, the the health the health obviously issues, you had the you said the, the mental situation as far as like you know depression or 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 whatnot. Um, with with both of those things, obviously there's some relation to each other, and obviously you're you know you're better off now than you ever were with any of that. But did you ever have during that time, or do you ever even still mentally go through it where there's a relapse of sorts? I guess you could say where whether you're gaining weight back or you know you're going through a, a, a funk. You, you know, a lot of people have those issues where they they start getting on the right path, but then they just Fall back, you know what I mean. They just fall back into that funk, and then they put on a couple pounds. They quit. They start all over again. What, did you have those moments, or was it you kind of locked in and just went from there and it never stopped? Yeah, no. Qu- I mean, no question. L-
1: living a healthy lifestyle, losing weight—that's a that is a lifelong commitment. It's a lifelong journey. It's something that i never want to accept like a peak you know I, I never want to be like this is where this is where i'm at and this is where i'm gonna stay i'm really ha- happy with where i am right now um you know i could maintain this for the rest of my life and be pre- probably pretty okay right <laughs> uh, but i want to continue to push myself and continue to kind of challenge and see where i can see and just also it's just if you're gonna even just maintain for the rest of your life that's a that's a task like you can't let that go so I, yeah, I'm always, I, I say it all the time, I'm, I'm always on the journey. I'm always trying to improve and, and find ways to to get better um, at, at living a healthier lifestyle. So that's always something that, you know, I'm kind of on the lookout for. And I mentioned like, of course, with with my job in particular, covering the NFL, like there's going to, there are, are, during the season, it's not going to, it's just not going to happen as much as uh, I would like it to, you know, you're going to eat maybe a little less, uh, you're going to maybe eat a little more terrible. Uh, you're going to, not go to the gym, you know, maybe five times a week. Maybe you only get there, you know, once or twice. You can't stay there for over an hour, whatever. Um, so you got to find – but, of course, there's just finding ways to to slightly commit to it. So, you know, I your users might hate – or your listeners might hate this. My followers might hate this. But Sunday mornings when I wake up, the first thing that I do is I, I make sure uh, during the season that I go on a run get a little workout in before I go and sit at work and eat the food that they (laughs) cater there, you know, this, that, or the other. Sorry. My first thing is not to think about helping you with your fantasy questions. And I certainly, certainly on Sunday morning, I answered less questions this year than I had before, but you know, I'm committed to this, uh, lifestyle and, and there are certain things that, that come with that. Um, so yeah, that's something that like, and, and with, with mental health and, and, and depression and all that, like that's another lifelong, uh, journey, you know, when I kind of hit my end, I, I don't want to say end point, but when I finally kind of came out of the, the other end of the woods there with that, with that first bout of it, you know, I, I wondered to myself, like, is this ever gonna kind of come, is this ever going to kind of come back to me? And, you know, there are, there are different, there are different variations of, uh, of depression and this, that, and the other, like, you know and I, I you know i'm not gonna like, get into too much specifics right, right but you know for me it's a lot of like what goes on around me like you know and there are times when things happen in your life that you can't control um and situations are going to hit you maybe harder uh than they would other people uh and you have to be ready for that you have to be ready to fight like i mean it's just a constant you know uh constant set of preparation rules and guidelines that you keep for yourself in order to you know be ready if the if those moments ever come that and that goes with not only uh, your, your physical health, but also your mental health.
0: Yeah. I guess it kind of, you know, I don't want to obviously clump things together, but it it sounds like a lot, you know, when people have drug addictions, alcohol addictions, it's all these things, same with weight loss and depression, mental, you know, mental, anything like that. It's all a lot of similarities as far as it doesn't end. You know, it's a lifelong thing. You just got to keep staying on top of it and and do your best. You know, it's just one, it just seems like it's all kind of in that same mold. You know what I mean? Yeah.
1: And I'm not like, I'm not here to pat myself on the oh, back, no, right. but it's a, it's a major life change. For I mean, sure. It is a life, both all, all of those things do you outline. And I don't have any experience with, with drug addiction or anything like that, but those are major life altering changes that you, that you go through. And yeah, you like when you have a major life altering experience, like you don't want it to just be this one, this one off, you know, you want to have it Follow you through the course of your existence, and for me, that's what it all comes down to—is just trying to continue to have that be a part of my life every single day, and um, and always having, always being kind of on the right path with that. And so, yeah, it's it's an ever ever constant journey, always walking down that path.
0: Right. Absolutely. And obviously, like I said, you have the articles out. You talk about it. You know, when you get the chance. And so, I want people to check those things out. So I don't want to go too far, but I do know also that a lot of people always want to know, man. Cheat meals? Do you do a cheat <laughs> meal? Do you do a cheat day? H- how does Matt Harmon do it?
1: Yeah, so of course, like, I mean, I eat a very, very, what many people would say, very boring, uh, very healthy diet, uh, especially like I said in the off season um, for you know six days of the week. Uh, there's always, there's normally a cheat day in there. And, you know, for example, like I, I talked about this bachelor party, I just came back from, I was, de- I was determined the entire time I'm going to eat baby. And I'm going to eat like hell, um, <laughs> when I'm up there and it's just going to be what it is. And the key is like not overcorrecting. You know, I think a lot of people like they have, you know, a night where they go out and have a bunch of beers, have a good meal when they're working out or getting fit or whatever. And then the, the temptation is to then like overcompensate and overcorrect. And like, now I got to go to the gym and like. You know two days in a row when normally i have a rest day in there like i gotta work out twice right. as hard like your body wants to remain on its routine that it's used to that you know th- that it's that you kind of if you if you're smart and you know this is why i always tell people it's really great to get with a trainer or get with just even in one visit or whatever to set you up with a routine because a lot of us go in and, and we're going in blind we don't know what <laughs> <Right>. we're doing <laughs> i was certainly that way um and it's so helpful to just like have somebody Put you on a sort of structure that that your body needs, and and that's what I'm saying. Like, it's j- just go right back to it. So if you have that cheat day, which I do, I, pretty much every week, uh, just go right back into it and find out what your body needs. And also, like, you know, if you like, right now, I'm kind of trying to to bulk up a little, add more muscle. Like, it doesn't really matter if I have a high calorie meal, you know, every once in a while, because you just got to save yourself a, a little room there uh, earlier in the day.
0: Are you are you telling us, man, that we're gonna see a, a ripped Matt Harmon on NFL.com and stuff and on TV? <laughs> you gonna be ripping through the shirt
1: and stuff? We'll uh, we'll have to hope so. You know, I'll get on there and. Uh... Some of those former uh, former players will finally have to respect us, <laughs> us dorkos that uh, just sit there and write in the newsroom. Uh,
0: that's awesome. <laughs> Speaking of, you know, your job and your work and everything that you do, um, you know, we, we talked about with with weight loss, right? We talked about how there's you know setbacks and relapses and all these kind of things. With with your with everything that you do, right? I call it your brand because you do so much different stuff. You have the reception perception. You have fancy hipsters. You have backyard banter. I mean, you do a whole lot, um, and you have all these different things, right? Did you ever face rejection as far as these things these these brands that you're building like as far as this this path that you've traveled as far as your career and fancy football and whatnot did you ever face any kind of rejection in that because it's obviously from the outside looking in we just see um you doing really good you know matt's doing awesome you're you're a great guy you're having all this success but people don't know i mean did, did, did you did you have setbacks did you have tough times you know in this space because obviously you know you're young so it's you know it's, you have a lot of success and you're young so people think well he must have just got right in there and everything's amazing you know know but did you have those things that people typically go through as far as not such an easy road and you had to overcome some things
1: well i mean you're right i've been very fortunate and i i always say that that like for a lot of people it doesn't happen this quickly and it certain some people it doesn't ever happen at all right. you know they can they can try for this like a space in this you know for like a full time le- job with a legit network and it just never really happens it did happen very quickly for me um, but of course there are still, I mean, there are always setbacks like there, you know, there were jobs, there are outlets that, uh, that rejected me early on in my career, um, which is fine because I probably wasn't ready. You know, if I had taken those who knows fight every would have even developed reception perception. So, you know, everything kind of happens for a reason. There's, there's absolutely been some, some rejection along the way. You know, there's always pushback to, cause you know, you mentioned, I, I, I do a lot of things and I, I like to think that all of the. All of the, all of my brands or whatever are just never your traditional things. Like I'm, I'm not your traditional fantasy writer. I'm not your traditional news writer. I'm not your traditional like film analyst or whatever. I try to, I try to bring a unique perspective to, to each one of those things that I do. And with unique perspectives comes pushback comes, you know, just fall in line with the consensus. And I think that's where most of kind of my, um, hurdles come in. Like it took a long time for you know people to get on board with reception perception. I mean, I say long time. Obviously, it was it was like I said, you know, it happened very quickly. It was very successful, right? Kind of right away. But there are people that you have to convince of that. Um, there are people with fantasy hipsters i mean oh man people <laughs> hate fa- some people hate fantasy hipsters you know and that will all i mean because you know it's just like what are these eighty idiot- like what does being a hipster have to do with fantasy football well nothing but it's part <laughs> of the joke have a little fun right uh, you know so there's always those sort of setbacks you know even within the nfl you know the nfl network like you get pigeonholed kind of you know, early on as like a, this is your thing, you know, like fantasy football, that's your thing. And, and I, my point is always like, that's not all who I am. That's not where I don't want to end up being like a, a fantasy analyst forever. I want to try different things. I want to really just talk about football Right. Uh, and you, so trying to not get yourself pigeonholed like that, that's hard. But then, you know, and the, this is like, I do a lot of work with the next gen stats too, during the season. And there's a lot of pushback to that too, because yeah, it's a you know it's a really unique, interesting metric. Like us dorkos on Twitter think that's awesome, but getting people that make decisions at the network uh, to get on board with it as a presentation tool is difficult. Uh, people want to just you know. And I'm not throwing any shade on anybody. People No, no people totally people totally want to, you know, they want to do a good job, but sometimes there's a temptation like, we've always done it this way, we'll do it this way, you know, or this is the easiest way we can do it and get it done and still put out something good. We'll do it that way. And they don't want to take the extra effort that it might that it might require to incorporate next gen stats into a network kit or into an article or into a podcast. And so there's always that sort of setback. If you're going to have some sort of unique method of communication, unique way of looking at the game, there will always be that sort of difficulty in, in getting other people on board. And I would say that's where most of my like adversity comes in right. at, at this point in my career. Not
0: not to mention, you know, when you put out a lot of stuff, you're going to be wrong sometimes. And on social media, <clears throat> those trolls don't make it easy either, right? So
1: <laughs> they're, oh, oh, hell, they're a hell, daily hell, yeah,
0: reminder hell. that you have to overcome some things. <laughs>
1: Right, and and I think the biggest thing that you can like get on board with uh, early on in your career, like if anyone's listening to this and they kind of want to get further in, is like you're not going to please everybody. People are going to hate you, and you have to just either not care, or you know maybe maybe not not care, but not let it destroy you, or have fun with that and like, embrace it. Right? Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's something you, know, you don't want to like always play the heel, All right. <laughs> but there are certainly some times that you know for the most part i get negative i get negativity which isn't very often you know it's also that's important to remember that there are far more positive i mean like 98% of my interactions on twitter are positive or neutral and like the 2% negative you can get hung up on that but that will derail you from your goals it will derail you from your work and that's what's important um so for one it's important not to emphasize that negativity but some t- most of the time when that negativity comes i just ignore it but sometimes you gotta have a little fun with it too, you know. Maybe put somebody on blast, whatever. <laughs> Again, it's it's all in good fun, yeah. so th- that's an important thing to just you know, the haters on on Twitter or whatever. Like, there's so much more few and far in between than the positivity, and you know, also you know, if you have an analyst that like, there have been plenty of times that I've had you know fellow people in the industry, um, you know, other analysts that work for other networks or other sites that you know maybe they don't agree with my conclusions, or maybe they don't even agree with my methods and you got to you got to kind of think like well you know again i don't want to say who cares but you know who cares like right (laughs) my career is not going to be like i care about the people who make decisions about my career and what they think about what i do now i don't need every you know analyst in the in the industry to agree with the way i do things like i'll you know I, i i want to put out a pleasing content for, for my fans and, right. and,
0: and, and for, really quick in, in those situations where you have someone right. Who's, I guess, sort of challenging you or, you know, saying that they don't agree with your, your method or whatever. Do you always take like the high road? Like, Hey man, I don't care. Or do you ever feel like the urge is like, Oh, I can just go for this. Like, just make this a, uh, like a hip hop beef type thing. I'm just going to go. <laughs> do you ever think well, that at all? Or do you like, nah, I'm not going to do this.
1: Oh, of course. And look, I mean, like uh, it all comes back to what we were talking about earlier, that, that we all have a little bit of an ego, especially like, I mean, reception perceptions, my baby, you know, right, like right. if you, if you come at that, like, whoa, this is something I've put a lot of, <laughs> a lot of time into, you know, it's, it's hard to not get personal about it, but it's not personal. It is it, for the most part, it's just, you know, it's, it's business, man. Like uh, they're, you know, they have a different way of looking at it and as long as somebody is, you know, respectful, like it doesn't really matter. You know, again, if they disagree with my methods, you know, one of the one of the best analogies I've ever heard uh, is my from really my my longtime mentor and friend Sigmund Bloom uh, says, like those of us in the football analysis community, like we're all basically like a big academic department. That's how it should function, at least that we're all trying to get to the same conclusion you know we're all trying to solve the same problem which is like how can we understand the game better Um, but we all approach it in very different ways much like in an academic department you know take like a sociology department or whatever we're all trying to understand human interaction better but some people look at it in a more qualitative way other people look at it a more quantitative way just like in in football analysis some people think the truth is all about watching film. Some people people think it's all in advanced metrics, and you know some people like I think myself operate you know in the middle ground. But the point is like we're all trying to get to the same place. We just all approach it differently. So yeah, there is always a temptation to kind of to kind of clap back or whatever. But <laughs> I think very very much for me, it's mostly just you know about keeping things in perspective, and you're not you're not going to win everybody over.
0: It's a fantasy football beef, man. Need some of that to brew, man. Just need a little bit of it. It'd be fun. <laughs> oh, I hear you.
1: And and I think like everybody uh everybody kind of riffs on uh ESPN or, or the you know FS1, like the de- embrace the de- debate culture or whatever. But look, right.
0: that's what people like. That, that, <laughs> people. That's that's the thing, right? I mean it's like if you just kind of stay in your lane and, and just be doing your thing, you don't always get attention, you know? And so sometimes you just gotta act out a little bit.
1: <laughs> people people like watching other people argue yeah. and disagree. And I know that everybody gets sanctimonious about it on Twitter and like, <laughs>
0: Oh,
1: how about we just, you know, just break down some film or whatever. But look, the, the vast majority of the people at a bar want to watch these two goofballs yell at each other and, and, and fight. And it, you know, it, it doesn't always have to be like so stupid and dumbed down. And, and that's not what I'm trying to say. But at the same time, there's a time and place for that. And usually that time and place is not on Twitter. Like, let me tell you what most people don't, people like to watch the, the debates on TV, but nobody likes to watch two analysts, you know, try to one up each other in a Twitter <laughs> right. thread. Let me tell you, nobody <laughs> cares about that. So for the, by and large, like I'm on a podcast, I'm happy to debate people on, on a, on a show or whatever. Um, but on Twitter, most of the time it's 140 characters. It's very limited. And, you know, nobody really kind of cares about you winning your personal battles on
0: Twitter. It's <laughs> good stuff, man. It's good stuff. We'll, we'll, we'll try. We'll try, to make, we'll try to think of some beef to cause on the on, off the air, man. We'll think of something. Kind of mix it up yeah. a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I like that. So really quick, though, like before, because I, I got some other stuff. Obviously, I got some segments and stuff I want to do with you. But um, really quick. So coming off of this weight loss thing, coming off of the the brands and everything that you're doing so well. Uh, For those listening, right, for those who want to get healthy or trying to pursue a passion that they want to make a career like you have, um, is there any particular secret sauce that Matt Harmon's got going on, man? Is there anything that these guys need to try to implement? Um, I mean, there's a thousand things I could say, but I think one of the kind of central
1: themes is really just believe in yourself, I guess. That sounds so corny, but um, look, if the person – it's very, very Disney, (laughs) Uh, I was just at Disney recently. Maybe that's what's getting in my head here. Um, but you know, I, I cannot stress enough to people that, especially when it comes to weight loss and and getting into a healthy lifestyle, like I was so far in the other direction. I mean, the other side of the planet, basically, of of being that person. If that guy can do it you can do it I, I i promise you like it is i just cannot stress what a difference of a lifestyle i have now as opposed to what i had uh three to four or five years ago um and it, it's just it it can it can be done and you really just you gotta believe that and you gotta like you gotta fight through that adver- adversity like we were talking about earlier um and you got to try whatever works for you and that goes for not only losing weight or getting healthy um, you got to find the right routine for you you got to find the right diet for you um in the same way with turning you know a passion into a job like i say it all the time on backyard banter um, it's all about creating unique content it's all about standing out like you know it's all about finding your space what works for you finding your niche and and making that yours you know there are enough uh film breakdown guys out there there right. are enough fantasy rankers out there right now um nobody cares about your stardom situm right. picks when you when you have like 200 twitter followers if you're not established nobody it doesn't matter so find a way for people to notice you find your space uh and and own that. So yeah. those are the two big things I think.
0: And it sounds harsh sometimes, right? When you're like, nobody cares about your Stardom Stintum. Nobody cares about your ranking. But it's true though, to to you know, to a, a great extent. And that's why you know, even with like clock dodgers. Obviously, I'm not Matt Harmon. I'm not NFL.com. I'm none of that, right? So when it comes to those kind of things, rankings and stardom systems, I always try to find some kind of you know unique um, twist on things. Do it differently. Try to find something where maybe they can only find it at Clock Dodgers because I'm not here to compete with ESPN and NFL.com and Matt Harmon and this and that. It's just not going to work. You know, it's just not the way to you're go. You're better, man. You're better. Don't, don't you're, you're better than all that, Matt. All that, all that mainstream sellout business.
1: Um, but yeah, no, it's it's very true. It's, it does sound harsh but it is reality. Um, and again, you know, talk about looking back in my past, like three years ago, nobody cared who, like I could have gone out, you know, three years ago and been like, this receiver is going to break out and everybody'd be like, who, okay. Why do, why do we, why do we care? Right. Right. Why do what's, what, what does it matter? What Matt Harmon thinks now, three years later, for whatever reason, people care what Matt Harmon thinks. And that's because I've put unique product out there. Um, it's shown uh, some. It's it's it's. It looks good. Uh, people like it, and it's popular, and that that's part of it. So yep. it's it's. You gotta find a way to establish yourself, and then once you do, that's when people uh, take you a little more seriously.
0: Yeah, man. I know you're a humble guy, but you're you're a great example, man. You're. A good example of someone who's done on 180, you know, or just made it happen from quick, quick, or just had all and just changed everything. So that's why it's so fun to talk about this kind of stuff with you. And on top of all that, like I said, man, you're super humble, man. That's what's that's what's beautiful about this whole thing, man. It's beautiful.
1: I, I, I appreciate it. Uh, and my friends are scratching their head at the, the fact that you just <laughs> called me humble.
0: But you're we'll humble, man. You're humble. The, you're low-key yeah, we'll
1: humble. You're low-key we'll
0: humble, man. You're <laughs> low-key humble. Low-key, all right? I'll give you that. So what I want to do, man, is we, we got around we got around a lot of this important stuff. So I want to have some fun now. Um, you know, I want to get to some. We got, obviously we got questions, we got foul. I know foul, which is a staple of the show. But there's one thing I started with. Um, I had T.J. Hernandez on a few episodes ago, and I started this thing. It's it's a clock dodgers draft, right? So I just take certain categories, um, I change them up for each guest, and I throw three things in the category, and then we you just give me. Which one would be your first round draft pick in that category? Your second round draft pick and your third round draft pick. So you're kind of ranking them in a way. Um, okay. Which we're gonna do it a fun way though. Okay. So we're gonna start with an easy one for you because everybody obviously harasses you about this and it's vegetables. Um, so we're just gonna start e- easy just to get the get get the thing going. All right. So I'm gonna give you in the vegetable category: broccoli, spinach and your orphaned Brussels sprouts that you no longer want to um, take state claim to anymore as you were before. Um, (laughs) If you had to rank these in your draft first round, second round, third round, where are you ranking them at?
1: I love this. I love this game because, you know, as as anyone that follows me knows, I I bemoan the fact that we have to do fantasy rankings because I don't think they're helpful. And I think they're more problematic than they are good. But I love ranking things in real life. I love (laughs) ranking things like the mundane crap that doesn't matter. So this is perfect. This is great. Um, So I I think I, I would. This is actually pretty easy for me. First round pick is indeed brussels sprouts i know i have retired as the the leader of the brigade right now but that does not reduce my passion for uh for the vegetable uh it is in fact my favorite uh so brussels sprouts is number one and that's mostly because you could do so much with them you know you're always looking for versatility with your with your football players when you're drafting them and and i believe sprouts are one of the most versatile vegetables out there uh number two would be broccoli um you know it's a solid compliment uh y- you can prepare it steamed you can stir fry it you know you can get a little crispy you can get a little soft you can get a little bit of both it's all good uh, broccoli is a great compliment and spinach see spinach is, is a little bit you know it's it's not as it's not as versatile as the other the other two i think it's much more of a, a complimentary thing that doesn't necessarily uh stand alone as well i don't like like sauteed or cooked spinach or whatever just by itself yeah um, it needs to be like in a pasta or in a salad or what have you. So Popeye would have put it
0: first, but you put it last. That's that's fair, man. Hey. That's fair. And, and to that's be honest, why he's more ripped than me. Yeah. Well, I don't know. We'll, we'll see when the new NFL.com, you know, new TV shows and everything kick off. We'll see how you're at because I think you're going to be ripped. <laughs> man. I think you're going to pull Ed Hockley out there. But, um Brussels sprouts, man. I'm gonna be honest with you. I really never ate those before you started talking about them so much. Because it was just one of those things people were like, ew, Brussels sprouts. Like as you're a kid, everyone's like, ew, I ate them recently, man. I'm like, these things are pretty damn good. So see, that's that's what I'm here to fight against. Is I feel like when we were
1: growing up, man, like they were the always the vegetable everybody's like, Oh, don't eat gross Brussels sprouts, like they got an unfair reputation as like this disgusting thing. But like, man, you go out to like bars now. And, uh, you know, I talk about my favorite bar here in L.A. right down the street from me is, is Gulp. And like they've got Brussels sprouts as an appetizer. Like they're a very trendy <laughs> little yeah, vegetable. Uh, and so they're very good. Again, you, it's just all about preparation. I think that most people get into, again, a steaming like – like steamed Brussels sprouts, pretty gross. But you roast them or you saute them. Very good, very, like I said, versatile. Uh, so that's what I'm here. You know, I think everybody kind of got sick of, well, not everybody, but a lot of people got sick of all the Brussels sprouts from me on Twitter, which is part of the reason why I decided to, in fact, hang up the spatula. But <laughs> right. a lot of that, I mean, it, it's really cool for me to hear somebody like you and other people say that, you know, I never liked them until you started uh, getting them out there. Because, you know, as much as it was a, a stupid, fun bit for me, a lot of it is, it comes back to, you know, promoting a healthy lifestyle.
0: Yeah, you were creating unique content, man. There wasn't a lot of people talking about Brussels sprouts, man. So. It worked. Unique is a you nice see?
1: way of putting it. <laughs> well,
0: yeah, like you know, broccoli guys were beefing with you, man. That would have started a whole kind of Twitter war. But we'll see. That that was so that was, that was an easy one. The next one I'm gonna do is again, you know, keeping along your brand here, keeping along the the hipster thing, keeping all that in line here. We're gonna do a facial hair category. All right. So okay. you you recently, you know, you obviously you're you're well known for the beard. You recently at one point shaved it off all the way. You went straight bare skin. Um, and then, of course, you know, you had the low beard. You've been rocking it a little bit here. So we're going to go no beard, low beard, full blown hipster beard. I want to hear how you rank these now that you've seen all, now you've, you know, you've visited all the sides recently. Where are you at with this now, man? Oh, okay. Well, the easy, the
1: third round draft pick, and actually probably more like UDFA. <laughs> uh, is this clean, is the clean shaven. That was bad. And as soon as like, I did it, you know, I did it just to kind of see, you know, like we talk about losing weight. When I started losing weight, that's when I started growing the beard. The last time I'd seen my face, I was, you know, three, I was over a hundred pounds heavier. So I wanted to just wanted to see what it looked like. Right. And, uh, yeah. When I saw it again, I was like, all oh, right, All right. Let's grow a little <laughs> bit back. Um, and I, but I have to say, I think, I think full grown hipster beard is tough. You know, it's maybe like pick thirty-three, pick thirty-four in the second round, but it's going to be my second-round pick right now because, um, I, uh, I, I, you know, I there's a I like seeing my jaw, man. I like seeing this, a little bit. of This is the oh. shock
0: of the draft, man. This is the shock this of is, the draft.
1: It's, it's the shock. It's it's a shock for me too. After I shaved it, my face, I really assumed I would grow the beard right back. Um, and you know, by the time uh the nfl season rolled around i had i'd planned that it would be all the way back but i've been kind of steady trimming it keeping it a little bit a little bit short because like i said i i like seeing the jawline um you know maybe that's again a vanity thing but that's hey that's what it comes with when you lose 100 pounds like i gotta i haven't had a jaw since i was like a baby so i'm like <laughs> look this is good i'm keeping i'm keeping <laughs> the keeping the beard a little just a little shorter right now and uh we'll see you know that's. I will not comment on whether there's anyone else that prefers it that way either, but we'll leave that uh, ah, to my lawyers.
0: Okay. Okay. Well, that that's a shock of the draft already in the, sec- in the second round. Full-blown hipster beard goes second round. All right. So low, be- low beard, clean-cut beard. That's first round pick. All right. The next category. This is going to be reception perception. The the guys that you said were gonna be breakouts, the alumni's, right? These are guys I just think of when I think about reception, perception, and guys that you really touted, right? So we're gonna okay. go we're gonna be thinking this season, though, going into this season. Um Allen Robinson, Tyler Lockett, and Dante Moncrief. First round, second round, third round. Where are we going with these now?
1: Yeah, this one's this one's pretty easy, I think. The I mean, especially if you're talking about in terms of, you know, what I think they'll do fantasy-wise. I think Pretty easy to say, Allen Robinson, first round. Um, I think he obviously, I think he's the best player of all these three. You know, by by a pretty decent margin. Uh, he's in the best situation to be the number one on his team. Um, he has the least questions in his in his own personal portfolio. Uh, so he's pretty easily the first round pick here. The second round pick, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Dante Moncrief because I believe he has the better situation right now, the better path to, you know, 120 maybe potential targets. Um, But, you know, it's also kind of getting to be put up or shut up time for his career. You know, everybody, including me, really likes Dante Moncrief a lot. But at the same time, like eventually you have to put pen to paper and you have to produce. um, And he's yet to do that, whether it be injuries or, you know, bad timing with him playing well but his quarterback getting hurt uh so maybe this is the year it all comes together i tend to think that it will be but at the same time like i said you kind of have to yeah it kind of has to be on your radar right now as a guy that as you know i talk about putting pen to paper all those 2014 receivers that didn't go in the first round like Al- i mean alan robinson the same thing they're all hitting their contract year this year yeah. uh so it's gonna be a big time this coming season in the free agent market and moncrief has to hope to cash in on that and uh, he has to do a lot to, to prove to the colts you know their new gm chris ballard when he was asked about asked post draft, he said that not only was Kamar Aiken another favorite of mine, uh, Kamar Aiken was not just brought in to challenge Philip Dorsett, but also to put a little heat on Moncrief as well. So that just kind of goes to show you, organizations think the same thing. But he's still the second round draft pick there for me. And Tyler Lockett, I love Tyler Lockett. I think he might even you know he might even be the better player than Dante Moncrief is, but um, he's got a lot of questions right now. Uh, I do think he start you know it's just everything really just went wrong last year you know he got the pcl injury earlier after having a 99 yard game against the rams in week two and then finally started to look good again in the second half of the season then he suffered that really gruesome broken leg um the reports are kind of you know a little bit mixed but mostly positive in terms of him being ready for training camp being ready for the start of the season and you know that would be huge for him uh but some of the same questions about his fantasy outlook last year still exist, even if he does come back fully healthy. And that's the fact that he plays in an offense that wants to run the ball um, and really has an established star in Doug Baldwin as the as probably one of the the, the two or three best slot receivers in the NFL. But um, he he'll so he'll be the third round draft pick, even though I think he he might be the more talented player of between he and Dante Moncrief.
0: Gotcha. So really quick, when when it comes to your reception perception, I'm going to back off the draft uh, Dodgers draft here for a second. You you liked Cordell Patterson a lot, right?
1: Well, so this is a great this is a great story about you know not putting um not putting something out there before you're before you know much about it. So you know when I put out Cordell Patterson's reception perception and was was really opti- you know optimistic about his future, you know I didn't really have a good understanding of of the the data yet. Because um, right. if I go back and look at Cordell Patterson's numbers now, I'm like, oh that those are terrible. That's those what I was are, gonna ask you. I was gonna ask you yeah. like when, when
0: a guy doesn't take off like you expected him to, do you still like go back and like say, where, where did it go wrong? Do I, do you still believe in him? I mean, he's a Raider now, man. So now I want to believe that you were right. So like, where (laughs) do you go with these things when, you know, when it's, obviously you said this is your baby, right? So you love what you're doing. You believe in it. You've created it. Do you ever like secretly still like, man, I know people don't believe it anymore, but I really still got a thing for this guy. Like, I still think he's got it. Like, do you ever do that? Or are you like, okay, somewhere I went wrong on that research?
1: Yeah. CP is probably a bad example, just because like I said, in hindsight, like now that I have a better, like I have, Three years worth of data. I have a better understanding right. of like what the NFL average score is. Like now, I can see in hindsight, like probably shouldn't have put out a positive uh, outlook on a guy with that kind of data, that sort of data that he, he put out in his rookie year. Though know, that's a future that that's indicative of a guy that's not going to be successful at the NFL level. But right. you know, one thing that I think is important. Um, you know, if I'm wrong on a guy, you know, I, I don't believe that that for one, it's not like I'm just, obviously I'm a fantasy writer. Um, but reception perception is not meant to be like a predictive fantasy thing because right. reception perception is essentially tells you how good of a route runner, a guy is how really, how good of a football player a guy is, what, what they best do on the field, what the, what best role they, fun, what role they best function in. Um, and that's only part of the equation, right? There's so famous, many other variables, so many other variables. What offense are they in? What quarterback are they with? And, and just brass tacks, like how many targets are they gonna get? You know, because a guy can be good at football. Like I think Malcolm Mitchell's a great, potentially a great receiver. He's not gonna get a lot of footballs going his way this year because the team has invested in other assets. So, you know, that that sort of situation is always important that uh yeah, just because a guy might be good in reception perception doesn't mean, you know, you should automatically go and draft him in the in the whatever round of your of your fantasy draft. And because again, so much goes into it. But there there have been guys that have, have showed up well in the methodology maybe, and, and haven't, uh, haven't been so great, you know, I'm kind of blanking on it on examples right now, but, um, uh, it's also, you know, just because a player has a down year one year doesn't mean, you know, it doesn't well, mean like, Aiken, ad-
0: like you said him, you mentioned him earlier, you know, another example, right? right?
1: Kamar Aiken's a great example of a guy that when he had opportunity, he, he did well with it. He right. he thrived. I thought he had a legitimately good reception. I mean, his reception perception in 2015 was legitimately very good. Um, but then of course, the, it, Next season, uh, the the team signed Mike Wallace, so they paid him money. He was going to play. Um, Steve Smith came back for one more ride, and you're always going to default to a veteran like that. Um, there was – and he was still playing well. My man Steve Smith was still out there killing it. And uh, then there's Brashad Perryman, who the team drafted in the first round. So he was really fourth on the pecking order in terms of like level of investment, and that means a lot to uh, the Baltimore Ravens. You know, I, I tell people all the time like – the 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 nfl teams don't make decisions based on what you think they make decisions based on a lot of other factors right uh, you know and, and so yeah kamar aiken's a good example there uh we'll see if he ever if he gained some opportunity this year if maybe the prediction looks uh, you know a little bit better um willie sneeds another one that has great reception perception and had you know he had a solid year last year over 70 catches uh over 800 yards but you know it it might look even better this year because now he's in line to be the second most targeted player so these things are really fluid and i think that's what's good about a talent evaluation metric like a reception perception is that you know this can help you you know years down the line uh because when situations change that's when production change i mean look no further than another reception perception favorite michael crabtree you know his data his last year with the 49ers was outstanding but because he played with a quarterback that didn't fit his uh his style of play anymore because he played in dysfunctional offense it didn't show up in the stats sheets but then he moves on to the raiders the next year and he produces really well with a quarterback who can run a timing based system who can hit him on those nuanced routes that he runs now uh so again it just when situations change that's when talent can Maybe come through in the way that it is supposed to. So yeah, just because a prediction doesn't work out in one year doesn't always mean we should uh, sell the farm on it.
0: Absolutely, and don't worry, Matt. Derek Carr is going to save Patterson too. Don't worry, Matt. You're gonna you're gonna. I it like it. To this. But here's here's the thing: Are
1: are we rooting for? or do like they also brought in uh, Ishmael Zamora too as an agent? So there's a lot of intriguing kind of guys to potentially get Seth
0: Roberts off his feet there is man it's exciting as a Raider fan it's exciting so we'll see how it all how it all plays out the next one was actually sent in to me by um a contributor on Cloud Dodgers he's been on the podcast he writes on the site and I also know him through the Fantasy Life app and stuff is at two drink minimum and of course with a name like that he wanted to <laughs> ask a beer preference question as far as that goes so his um his, his category is beer preference and like about how you drink it basically so either can bottle draft um can we can we rank those things and draft those bad boys
1: Yes. Uh well for one, before I do, I will say it depends on the beer. Um there are some beers that taste legitimately just better out of a can than they do out of a bottle. Um I, I know I usually have one. Oh, like this is a this isn't like a beer I always drink, but like yingling's a great example of it. I think yingling on draft is terrible, but I think it's okay out of a bottle. And so sometimes it does depend. On the beer or or what have you, I haven't had a Yingling in forever. But that's from <laughs> being here. science out. That's of from,
0: beer, man. It's amazing stuff.
1: That's from being out here in California. You don't see it nearly as much. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I, I I will say so. In general, though, my my default ranking would be would be number one draft. Of course, I mean first round pick. You got to go with the draft. Like, is right. best way to drink it. You know, right out of the keg, right out of the tap. You love it. Everybody knows it's good. It's, second round pick i'm gonna go with bottle i and, and again some beers are better out of a can i do believe that so especially some like micro brews or whatever but you know bottles look cooler uh they're <laughs> they're they're more fun to open and for the most part you got a better drinkability out of that than you do out of a can so I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go with them at the second round pick, but I I firmly believe that third round pick of the can is gonna have a breakout scene is, season at some point. It's gonna <laughs> help our team.
0: That I believe. I love it. The last category for the Clout Dodgers draft for this episode is Funniest Coworker. We have Marcus Grant, we have James Coe, and we have Matt Franchise. First round, second round, third <laughs> round. Right now you're gonna hurt some feelings here, so we're just gonna put that out there, but you got to be honest, man. You don't don't try to say they're all first round draft picks. Don't go easy they're on that. Well, these they're
1: guys. not. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um look, there's a lot of uh there's there's you know, there's a lot of people also that aren't going to get drafted here that that are really funny in the NFL newsroom. I mean, Dan Hansis is is sneakily. I mean, we we've, we've got like pro- professional comedians like Rank and and Damaschek, So we got but, sleeper mean,
0: picks out there.
1: Though, yeah there's guys like dan Hansis, uh you know around the nfl who are legit hilarious uh there there's a you know mark Sessler. whoo, when he comes out with bits it's i mean it's incredible so you know maybe more nuanced but so, so those guys are going to make big as day three draft picks those guys are going to make impact you know, even, if they're, <laughs> even if they're not coming off the board here but i in in terms of those three guys whew, it's a tough call um i think James Coe is my third round pick, you know, and that's again no no slight to him. I believe he'll he'll work his ass off to make the team. Yeah, and, third round's uh, quality, man. Third round is quality, um, but not a guy that I would I would give to like a ton of regular you know routine bits. Um, <laughs> and I'm gonna go. I'm gonna second round. This is where it gets tough, but second round, I'm gonna go. I'm going to go I'm going to go with with Marcus here in the second round. Uh who also okay. hilarious guy. I mean, he, we've got we've we've had a ton of good jokes together, but the thing about franchises and and I don't know that if his humor comes off as much on podcasts or on uh or or even on tw- certainly not on Twitter. Um <laughs> he's got to get a better he's got to get a better Twitter game, but you know, w- one thing at a time. <laughs> um, uh but he's like in our inner office like I am Slack channel, he is Outrageously funny. I mean, he's had some great, like, just gut busting bits. I mean, just su- and it's subtle things too right. that, that make him very funny. And so I'm going to go with him as my first round pick.
0: So all three of you guys are good. All three of them are good. I mean, would you hand any of them? Would you put any of them up in an open mic setting? I mean, no,
1: okay. I don't think. I, well, it's, and and I think, I got to say that's tough. I mean, well, Marcus I think could carry his own in a in an open <laughs> mic setting. I I think he can. I think he knows how to set himself up. And then knock it out. Um, whereas other people, I think you know, need some need some more. Very myself included. I, I don't know that I could ever do that. I'm I think for my humor to, to be effective, there's there's got to be some other variables at play. Yeah,
0: that's some tough stuff for sure. Either way. <laughs> All right, cool man. Well, that's it for the Clock Dodgers draft. We knocked that out. I, I think that was fun, man. I got some got some good information from you here, man. That was some good those, draft. Those face.
1: were really good. Those were good.
0: <laughs> so what we have left really is I have some questions that I got from, um, users on SleeperBot and on uh, fancy life app. And I have found our no file that we'll close out with. So the questions, we can either run through them. Depends if you're pressed for time or you can, you know, answer them however you want. So, um, right. we'll jump straight into those. The first one is from at BD Duff. And he says, will you and Matt be starring on fantasy and friends weekly this upcoming season? Like you did last year.
1: Oh man. Uh, I hope so. Let's, let's put it that way. So um, it's not in the
0: books yet, but you hope so. Well, I don't for I, sure, I, or maybe you can't tell. Maybe it's a you know yeah. secret.
1: Okay, gotcha. So maybe yeah, a little, little bit behind the little. Hey, a little bit above my pay grade too. So <laughs> <laughs> let's just say you and I hope so. If there's another iteration of of if there's Fantasy Friends back or there's another iteration of it, I I sure hope the hipsters are part of it as well.
0: Awesome. The next one is at JJK. He says, which running back will be the most overhyped and overdrafted this upcoming season in in your eyes? A lot of candidates there. Um, you know
1: this is this is a guy that I like as a player, and I was really appreciative of his of his kind of breakthrough season last year, but i can I could see Jordan Howard right now. I believe last I looked he was carrying an ADP of a first round a late first round pick. and I'm not on that. Um, you know, you got your many of your listeners might know. Uh, I was really down on Todd Gurley last year. I mm-hmm. uh, wrote an article about why he should not be a top five. Uh, pick and redraft. While he wasn't a top five running back for me, you know, i got a lot of heat for that, and a lot of a lot of the defense of that pick or that that call, or, or excuse me, a lot of the defense of Gurley as a, a priority pick last year was that, oh yeah, he he had a r- really efficient rookie season in a bad offense. You know, why couldn't he do it again as a sophomore? He did not do it again as a sophomore. <laughs> exactly. SBL. And Jordan Howard from an efficiency standpoint looks really similar in terms of his yards per carry, his yards per reception to Todd Gurley from his rookie season. And I, I can guarantee you that the same defense that was made of Gurley will be made of Howard. And, oh, well, we shouldn't be worried that the Bears are likely going to have a really bad offense because he did in a bad offense last year. But, you know, that doesn't always carry over year to year. So he's one that I think I'd be really nervous about spending a first two round pick on.
0: All right, Howard, it is. The next one is from at Tim2Fresh. He wants to know in, in drafts, should he go best player available until the later rounds, or should he take who appeals to him early, even if it's you know a stretch according to ADP or outside opinions and stuff like that?
1: So... Uh- I'll give a shout out here to JJ Zacharyson, who's recently started a new podcast, uh, the Late Round Podcast, and he talked about on one of his episodes why the best player available – like just take best player available is not a legit uh, piece of advice because – you don't know who the best player available is. <laughs> right. I don't know who the best player <laughs> available is. ADP certainly doesn't know who the best player available is. Like there there's a lot of flaws in that and, and you know things get very murky very quickly. Um you know you you have to build. That's why strategies exist to give you some sort of guidelines. So I would say find a, find a few strategies that you think could work for you. Be ready to adapt on on the fly, you know, if you want to go with zero RB and then it looks like your draft is not playing out that way, um, that, that that's advantageous for you to go with that, then be ready to move on in, in, you know, in the moment. And I would say also, if you have faith in a guy, if you have confidence in a player that, you know, is, is ranked is two rounds lower in ADP than is in the round you're currently drafting in, just go for it. Uh, there's every, if be confident in your own ability to evaluate, uh, evaluate players and and you know this is also about fun it's about taking the players that you like so um you know be ready to go down swinging with with those players and, and yeah absolutely trust yourself
0: yeah i think that's a big thing you mentioned there is like it's fun and you want to have fun and you're not going to have fun if you don't take a guy because the adp didn't say to do it and then you'd miss him and then he goes off and you're like man i would have had way more fun even losing if i just have my guys you know so yep. i definitely agree with you on that the next one is from at dan is the man uh, these ones are from Sleeperbot. He asks, "What does um, uh, Amaro Darbo's route tree look like?" Obviously, you haven't released this stuff. Uh, we don't, you know, I can't can't actually just you know give out information if you don't want to. But he wants to know what the route tree looks like.
1: Sure. No, that's a good um, that's a good one to ask because I did not put a uh, put out a reception perception for him. He wasn't one of the ones that I I did chart him though. I, okay. So I do have I do have his data and it will be in the ultimate draft kit as I mentioned. Um, you know, I, but he wasn't one of the ones that I wrote up. If you go to receptionperception.com, you can see the the fifteen rookies that that I I wrote up there. Darbo was not one of them. But pulling up his his data, you know, he was not a player that that showed out particularly well uh, against man or or press coverage. Fifty three percent success rate versus man coverage, which is you know well below the the two year prospect average. Thirty eight percent success rate versus press coverage, which was one of the lowest scores in this draft class. So. You know, I think he's a guy that that definitely has a lot of a lot of work to do. I think there are some short to intermediate routes that he has solid success rates on, whether it's the flat route or the the uh, the curl route. So I think there's some, you know, there's the the Seahawks took him a lot higher than I expected him to go in the draft. He's not somebody that I I was a particularly big fan of.
0: Well, there you go, Dan. A little insight to Darbo. All right, got three more questions, then we'll jump to Fowler. No foul. Um, the next one is from at dark It's kind of a two piece So he wants to know your opinion on the Rams wide receiver corpse, the, the situation that they have right now. And do you think that talent is enough to help Goff take a step forward?
1: So it's weird. I, this is great to get this question. And I know that sounds strange talking about the Rams, but like I find the Rams so fascinating right now uh, in terms of their offense, which again, I know sounds weird because they're a bad offense, uh, right. but in terms of their passing, their passing game is really fascinating to me uh, and i feel like i've been discussing them on recent podcasts a lot uh, and so if you look at their past catching core you know they have first of all it's obvious that they want to emphasize the, t- the tight end position and if you think about sean mcveigh with his time with washington you know they had jordan reed uh, and i do believe that they view this guy Gerald Everett that they took out of South Alabama, they they wanted to take him at their pick in the second round originally before they traded down. They were comfortable with that, and then they were just lucky enough that he was still there even after they traded down. Right. So I think they like him a lot. I think they view him as their Jordan Reed, but you know they still have Tyler Higby, who's a big tight end that will probably be more of a you know traditional wide tight end that they took last year. Um, but you know let's let's not forget that again talking about McVeigh with his time with Washington like. Even when Jordan Reed would get hurt, they would have guys like Derek Carrier, Vernon Davis. Yeah, just you know, fall Hogan. right in line. Just fall right in line, and, and even, you mean know, Niles Paul was another one that it was even set to start over Jordan Reed yep. when Jay Gruden first got there. So they always had productive tight end play. So I think that's going to be a big part of the the passing game. But the wide receivers are so fascinating because it seems like they have a lot of the same guy. Like they have a lot of flanker, slot sort of players. You know, Robert Woods is sort of that flanker possession receiver who could also play out of the slot they have uh they have Farrell cooper who they drafted last year who's definitely more of a slot receiver this year they drafted cooper cup yep. who is a big slot receiver maybe in the poor man's jarvis landry type of mold um so they have a lot of those guys right now and i think that leaves open opportunity uh on the perimeter in terms of the x receiver position where they lost kenny Britt this last year that opens up the door for a player like uh, Mike Thomas from last year, who's more of an X that he could potentially make an impact or maybe even more likely Josh Reynolds, who right. they took in the fourth round this year, who is definitely more of a, a guy that can win the football in the air, can get vertical. So if he gets acclimated quickly, there's 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 options for for them uh, to get to to get an X receiver in there if Reynolds is is that guy. And you know, the big question is golf. I mean, thrown to the thrown in too early, came from an air raid system. You know, we uh, it's it's hard for me to have like a definitive positive take with golf, but I think the weapons are fat
0: more fascinating than they might seem on on the surface. Gotcha. And of those wide receivers that you listed, are there any that you're rolling the dice on at all? I mean, obviously Dynasty makes it easier, but in a redraft, I mean, is there any that you care about, like that you're drafting at all late or anything? Yeah, I think it's
1: Woods because, uh, yeah, because Kenny Britt's gone like that, that opens up a lot of target share I think Tavon Austin is finally going to see his role marginalized um, this year. I would imagine he's going to see less targets than he did last year. I believe he had over 100 too. So I think Woods could conceivably find his way into 120 targets. And even if those aren't quality, like if you're getting that sort of volume, it's – very unlikely that you're not a top 30 fantasy receiver so woods could be somebody that you know people completely overlook because the la offense and he could easily come in and and have some solid
0: weeks for you sneaky sneaky robert woods all right the next one at dsw 5150 he says just uh which rookie wide receiver do you prefer either lions kenny galladay or cardinals chad williams
1: yeah, those neither of those guys I got to chart, which is you know just a, a matter of time. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think for pure opportunity standpoint, I really like Kenny Galladay this year, especially because if you look at the Lions' wide receiver core again, I think so much is about like finding what archetype a receiver fits in, and if there's any opening for that receiver, or that type of receiver in particular. And when I mean, you look at the Lions right now, I mean their receiver core outside of Marvin Jones and Golden Tate is just destitute right <laughs> i mean because anquan bolton is gone Bolden played in the slot a lot last year which made golden tate move out to flanker which made marvin jones pretty much stick to x receiver and i think both of those guys can play those roles but they would be better if tate shifted back into the slot where he would you know catch over 90 passes with detroit Marvin Jones would be better as the flanker uh, off the line of scrimmage where he wouldn't get pressed as much, wouldn't be constantly in tight coverage situations. That leaves an opening for a big X receiver, and I think Kenny Galladay could find his way into that role sooner rather than later.
0: That would be interesting. A lot of people obviously think Chad Williams is like the heir apparent to Fitzgerald, so that may take a little longer, so we'll see.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, look, they've got a lot of opportunity there in that receiving core as well. Michael yep. Floyd is gone. Uh, JJ Nelson weighs about as much as Matt Franchise, my (laughs) fantasy hipsters co-host and Larry Fitzgerald, obviously on his potential last year. And I love John Brown more than anybody. Um, If he's healthy, I think he's the easiest back bounce back candidate to spot this year. Um, but if that doesn't happen, then yeah, that they, then again, they need more bodies there and Chad Williams will be a factor.
0: Gotcha. And the last question that we have here is from at fighting 135, a lot of rookie wide receiver questions here for you, Matt, Um, uh, which rookie wide receiver has the best chance to be this season's Michael Thomas fantasy wise, or, you know, anywhere close to that kind of level. Yeah. I
1: mean, it's so easy to say, but it is Corey Davis, you know, drafted the highest he's going into a spot where you would imagine that he starts right away. Um, if anybody's going to come out and catch, you know, I mean, he, I don't think he's going to catch 92 passes like Thomas did, but if anybody's going to do that, I think it would be Davis. He has the most immediate path to playing time also was the best receiver in the class to me. So yeah, he's the one that I think at this point would, would be the best one to profile in that sort of situation. Gotcha.
0: Thank you guys again for your questions. Again, everybody at SleeperBot, bot, Fantasy life app. Shout out to you guys. Um, uh, we're going to, we're going to jump over to the last segment, my favorite segment, foul or no foul. Matt, are you ready for that? Oh, I'm ready. Let's do this, man. It's that time again. Let, let, let's play another round of foul or no foul. So the first foul or no foul. Okay, straightforward, hit you with it. Hard work beats talent. Foul or no foul. Uh
1: yeah, that's I <laughs> I wanna say I wanna say I wanna say no foul. Uh when it comes when it comes to when it comes to real life. Stuff I believe hard work does does trump all, but the I mean natural talent is is beautiful and a, and a thing too, especially in football. So I'm gonna say I'm gonna say I'm gonna
0: say uh, no foul. Okay, so so you believe hard work beats talent. I do, but okay. not always. Not always. Right. It's very, yeah, it's different, different. And again, for anyone who's new to listening, because this you see Matt Harmon's on here, and you're like, oh, let me listen to this, and who are these Clock Dodger guys? Just in case anyone doesn't know, foul or no foul, I always have to break the rules down just in case people get confused. If I'm giving statements to Matt. If he agrees with the statement, it's no foul. There's no foul on the on the statement. But if he doesn't agree with it, he calls foul on it. So just for anyone who doesn't know. You know a lot of first-time listeners, because Matt's here, of course. <laughs> <laughs> the uh the next one. And this is a guy, man. I keep hearing his name, and there's a lot of believers out there. I know people are just being optimistic or what, but Joe Williams, rookie running back in San Fran, his hype is legit. Foul or no foul?
1: I'm gonna say no foul. I think it is I think it's legit because Look, Carlos Hyde isn't is much like we were talking about da, Dante Moncrief a little while ago. Like very talented, has a lot of people that believe in him. But eventually, you've got to put pen to paper and really, you know, live up to that potential. And and we've seen it from Hyde, but we've seen it in in short glimpses. And the the talk of this current regime not believing in him hasn't gone away. There's been pieces that people expect Joe Williams to take over that starting job, and. Look, at I mean, all you got to do is know the story about Kyle Shanahan really standing up on the table, that that's his guy. There's no commitment to Carlos Hyde in that building, and I, I do believe that Joe Williams is someone. I mean, I, I have a, I, it certainly could get out of control, but there's enough uh, talk right now for me to believe it.
0: Gotcha. Yeah, a lot of belief in that guy right now, so Matt's a believer too. The next one. Um, cell phones are the most op- important devices in our lives, foul or no foul.
1: Oh, uh, so I don't know if you're a big Seinfeld fan, uh, or any of your, any of your listeners are, but couldn't every problem in that show be solved with the cell phone? Yes, I mean, <laughs> it, like, it's so funny watching it like back nowadays or even a few years ago. I'm like, man, if they just had a cell phone, this, this problem would, would all go away. You know, <laughs> I mean, I feel, uh, so in like a, in a super, super, in a very superficial way, yeah, it's, it's the, I'm going to say. No foul. It's the most. Uh, it is the most important uh, device in our in our existence. It's, right cra-
0: now. it's crazy how much we depend on that thing, man. I don't know phone people's phone numbers anymore. I don't know. Oh, it's probably bad, and yeah. it's
1: definitely bad. Like I, there are so especially because with work, you know, I'm always connected to the internet. Right. Even, even some. Even sometimes when I'm just like sitting around doing nothing at home, like and I'm bsing on Twitter, I'm like, am I working right now because I'm like interacting with readers, or am, I, or am I having fun? It's a real tough boundary. I would love nothing more than just to leave it all behind and, and retreat into the wilderness, never to be seen again. Like that would be awesome. But yeah, for now, living in society, it it's pretty important.
0: Yeah, there's even um, there's this. I don't know if everyone's familiar with him. Or not. There's he has a podcast. He's a his name is Gary Vaynerchuk. I'm not sure how, how many people are familiar with him. He's a pretty popular dude. But he he said on one of his um like podcasts and stuff that he had, he was like you. You know we're we're in a time and age where people use their cell phones like they do things just for their cell phone like just to take a picture and like put it on instagram like they literally do it just for that moment Do you know what i mean yep, like we're yep, in some weird right. times man so it's interesting all right the next one not saying bless you when someone sneezes is rude Foul or no foul, man I'm gonna say foul because I
1: don't say bless. I'm you. I'm so glad you said that. <laughs> I I don't I don't say it, and I don't know why that is. And sometimes I feel like people sneeze, and like if I'm I don't say it, they're like looking at me yeah. like, uh, "Hello, you're supposed." <laughs> but it doesn't mean anything. Like you're you're fine. You you just sneeze. Why do you need a little
0: extra attention just because you sneezed? I mean. Give me a break. Yeah, man. When, when people fart, do they expect you to say something? When they burp, right. Do they expect you to say no. They don't expect you to say nothing. But when they sneeze, everyone's like waiting for it. Like it's very uncomfortable to me sometimes. You know, someone yeah, sneezes, like, Why do we have like, to acknowledge
1: uh, that that happened?
0: Yeah, you're like, Who's gonna say it? Is Someone gonna say it before me? Like, What's going on I here? I don't.
1: <laughs> I don't like doing things one based off superstition ever, and <laughs> right. that's that's originally what it comes from is is based on superstition. Um, and then two. I don't like doing things just because people tell me I have to do them. That right. is certainly – I don't know. And yeah, you're right. Like, it's just, I've always thought like when people cough or like they have like an outrageous coughing fit, like we – nobody acknowledges that. Nobody like waits for a, a – bless you for that. So sneezing is just this societal rule that we've put in place. Like we have to say "bless you." Forget about it. And I'm not an Im-, I'm not impolite just because I don't do it. Like I hold the door open for people. I say thank you. I say I mean nobody out here in, in L.A. says sir or ma'am or whatever. I mean that could, that'll get you weird looks. But hey, I'm <laughs> from a, I'm from a southern family, and damn it, we say it sometimes. So you know I do all that stuff. I'm not impolite. I'm just not conforming to this weird societal normal <laughs> we have to acknowledge when people sneeze.
0: It's give, weird. Give me a break. Man. It's weird, man. Especially when you're like in an office or something with people you work with and like someone sneezes like you're like everyone has to say it and then like they sneeze like a 100 times in a row and people say it after every single sneeze. You're like, man, this is right, weird. Right. Like then
1: what <laughs> what's the line? What's the line? Like if you sneeze 3 times in a row, if I say it just the first time am, am I good for the next 2 sneezes or, or True, what? Man, like it's weird. And it's weird too when people like you know, if I sneeze and then people like 3 rows over in the office <laughs> and somebody leans over like Hey,
0: bless you! I'm yeah. like,
1: well, I don't want you. Let's stop listening to me.
0: <laughs> or like when Matt sneezes, someone says bless you, and then when I sneeze, no one says anything. I'm like, hey, how come nobody said it for me?
1: You know? Yeah, it's
0: bizarre. There's it's so strange. many.
1: So let's just let's just stop with this whole bless you thing.
0: Yeah, stop. It's a foul. Get out of here with that, man. Get out of here. It's weird. The last one I have for you, man, is in this situation. It's worse if it's hot outside and you' and you and your house has no AC. Over it being cold outside and your house has no heater, foul or no foul. Uh,
1: I'm gonna say I'm gonna say foul. Uh, I would much wait. Which one is which one is worse? Did you say? I said it's, it's worse
0: if it's hot outside and you have no AC in the house. Over it being cold outside and there's no heat in the house.
1: Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna say I'm gonna say I'm gonna say foul because I would I think that it's worse to be cold and not have a heater. Um, I hate being cold. And I, I realize now it's because I live out in LA and yeah. like I've been conditioned to this life. It's yeah. disgusting. And I am a big baby. I'm soft as hell. And I realize that. And I know the logic is like, well, you can always put more clothes on or whatever. you know. But look, I'm fine like sitting in my house just sweating my ass off. you know. <laughs> I, but I'm not going to sit in here and be uncomfortable and be cold. That is painful to, to think about. And plus like, you know, I don't know. It's it's terrible. No, pass. I I I hate being hot,
0: man. I'm like the opposite. Like, I don't mind being hot if I'm like, if I'm purposely going out to be hot. Like, I'm going out to do something, exercise, beach, this. But if I'm sitting in my house, like, I can't sleep if it's too hot. I can't, like, all the sweating and stuff. Like, it just doesn't work for me, man. That's
1: true. The sleep variable is a good point because it's much easier to sleep when you're cold than sleep when you're hot. Right. that's okay. That's a good point. I might have to, I might have to reconsider cause I sometimes like I, I make it pretty cold in my room uh, when it's, when I sleep, but I would never make it like hot in here. That's something a good to point. consider,
0: man. It's something, something to consider. To consider. You're
1: right. I didn't, maybe I didn't think it all the way through.
0: <laughs> well, that's it, man. That's it for foul or no foul. That's it for everything. Um, no, of course, man. Just similar to what you do, man. I like to like you know, guest close out episodes and stuff. So before we close it out, um, can you tell people where to find you? Obviously, most people know where to find you, but can you tell them the websites, the podcasts, the Twitters, the Instagram, everything, wherever they can find you and Matt?
1: Yeah, so so Twitter and, and Instagram, especially, I'm trying to build up the, the hashtag brand on the Instagram more and more is Matt Harmon underscore BYB. Um, you can find me there on Twitter and that's really the best place to find any of the content I do. You know, you can always check on my my work with reception perception using the hashtag reception perception or receptionperception.com to check all the out all the rookie work, and that's where you can buy um, the ultimate draft kit. And if you listen to the weight loss stuff uh, and you want to know more? You can always, again, reach out. I'm happy to talk about it. Um, and if you want more information on my story, uh, it's the tweet that's pinned at the top of my profile. That's the uh, weight loss story on Backyard Banter that went up over a year ago now, and there's a link there to read the story on CNN when it got picked up uh, for for there as well. So, you know, again, always happy to talk with people about that. So, please, if if you're in that point in your life and you can you can always reach out. And I, I mentioned Instagram. Instagram is a great place to like private to private message. I accept pretty much any message that comes through there that's not a fantasy question. <laughs> right.
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, if, if anyone's not doing these things or already supporting you in all these avenues, please go do it. Um, I know Matt says he's, you know, people wouldn't say he's the good guy or the humble guy, but he is, man. He's a good dude. He answers everyone's questions unless he just doesn't like you. Maybe he ignores you. I don't know. Maybe I'm just not having that situation. But support all those things. Definitely do Matt. I I know you've given a lot of advice today, man. A lot of insight and a lot of all kinds of stuff. But if you can close us out here with any kind of message from all this stuff that you've given us today, all this information, is there one thing that you could tell people to leave here with? It could be anything. It doesn't have to be advice. It could be whatever, man. It could be dating advice. I don't really care.
1: Oh, well, you don't want my dating advice. Let me tell you. You want to know how to screw something up? Let me know. That that I can help with. Um, Yeah. I mean, I would just just default to, to what I said earlier that if you're in a place where you know you, you're you kind of ready to to make that lifestyle change like it's possible I, no matter how daunting the task is and like you know even if you're three weeks into it and you're discouraged already um it, it can happen you just got to keep fighting for it uh that's where i was you know i've, I've been like i've I've legitimately been there. I've been through all of that with 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 what losing weight and and changing your lifestyle and and just keep keep believing, keep fighting cuz it's it's so worth it. And I would just say to kind of to keep that in mind that it is it is very worth it and um, you know, you, just because you've lived life one way, your entire existence doesn't mean you're uh you're set to do that the the rest of your time.
0: Perfect, man. There's no way to beat that close out. So Thank you very much, man, for coming. On. I appreciate it. Like I said, you've come on a bunch. You've been super supportive of everything you know I do over here. We do over here. So, so thank you very much, man, again for uh, spending some of your time here, man, with me. I really appreciate it.
1: Well, it's my pleasure. You know, I I was already expected to be super grateful that you let me come on to talk about the the, the weight loss story over just football. But then at the end, I'm really glad I kind of got this rant off about sneezing that I guess I didn't know. I, <laughs> yeah, I didn't man. know I felt so strongly about. So appreciate you letting me get all of that out.
0: <laughs> I'm glad I could bring that out of you, man. I'm, I pre- I'm I'm glad. And again, think about the cold hot thing, man. The going that going to sleep. it's worth it's worth thinking about. Thank you, man. And you have a great night. Appreciate it. Wow. Wow, if that didn't sum up Clock Dodgers in a nutshell, that episode was Clock Dodgers all the way. Shout out to Matt. I appreciate him for coming on again, supporting Clock Dodgers, supporting what we do. We support what Matt does. So you guys heard where you can find him, what you can do to support um, on Twitter, all that kind of stuff. Please do all that if you haven't already, of course. Um I hope that you took something away from this episode, whether it was for the fantasy football aspect, if it was for the weight loss journey that he's, you know, taking on the, the get healthy journey that he's on, uh, whatever it is. Um, I hope you, you really enjoyed and got, got from it what I was trying to pull from it. Um, and what Matt was trying to tell, um, it it was really important to have this episode and it it was just great. It it was fun to be a part of it and I hope you guys enjoyed it as much as I did. Um, I don't want to, I don't want to, Go too long here you guys heard in the intro about official fantasy rings.com please go check them out don't forget clockdodgers.com is the site you want to hit up for all kinds of content if you're interested in participating with that content and contributing feel free to hit me up if you don't already follow us on the social media platforms you want to follow us at clockdodgers you can pretty much find us on all the different platforms at that spot at that name so twitter instagram please if you, if you have an instagram follow us we're trying to build that up we got a lot of cool content there as well um, we post like cool inside pictures um, different kind of promotional things that we have on there we have a lot of different content that we don't have anywhere else uh, also clips of the show uh, some of our favorite parts of episodes and stuff that are on there that we're starting to put on there so follow us on Instagram if you don't already do that uh, we're gonna try to have some more stuff out there guys you're, we're gonna be you're gonna be hearing from us from different avenues so try to try to get on all of them. It's fun to interact with everybody on all these different platforms. So, shout out to everybody who submitted uh, questions for the show at Fantasy Life app and at Sleeperbot app. Uh, really appreciate you guys. You help make this thing possible, as always, and on Twitter and the emails and everywhere else. Shout out to everybody who ordered Clock Dodgers family shirts, mugs, hoodies, and women's tees. Really appreciate that. We'll have more of that stuff coming. More of that stuff coming. Man. I just got finished watching the uh, the uh, the Billboard Music Awards. <laughs> I don't know if anybody watched it. Some interesting stuff was on there, man. But a lot of talented artists. Like I don't know. I don't know if it was why it was different to me this time, but it just seemed like there was a lot of a lot of artists that I, I really liked, and the, uh, a lot of good performances. Uh, the, a lot of the awards went to the right people, so it was just all around. It was a pretty good show, actually. Typically, those things kind of disappoint. Usually, they don't usually. Uh, live up to the hype for me. They're not really my thing. You know, award shows aren't really my thing. Um, but this one was pretty good. Not bad. Not bad at all. So if you missed it, it's not one of those things you go back and watch. Like, hey, did you go back and look on On Demand for the awards? I mean, I guess some people do if it's your thing, but it's not my thing. Another interesting thing was the NBA playoffs today. and you guys catch that? If you, you may have given up on it because you're like, hey, these teams are just blowing each other out. No big deal. On his way to the court Cavs and the Warriors play, but the Cavs lost today. They lost. They lost. the The Celtics beat them without a Isaiah Thomas. I don't. It's just sports are weird, right? They lose their star. They lose their MVP, as you you could say technically, right? And they beat the Cavs. That's crazy. That's what that's what makes sports beautiful is you never can predict this thing to a T. You never can say with 100% certainty what is going to happen. So if you've been watching the NBA playoffs, things may have just gotten interesting. I doubt it. I still can't see anything happening with the Cavs winning against, the you know, playing the Warriors. But at least Boston put up a fight, right? At least they represented for Isaiah Thomas and didn't make it seem like they just got blown out and they quit. And, you know, it is what it is. So shout out to the Celtics for that win. Um, kept things going a little longer, right? It is what it is, but congratulations, Celtics, on that one win. Um, other than that, guys, take you know, be on the lookout. Like I said, be on the lookout. All the different social media apps, different kinds of content on each of them. Um, lots of new stuff coming down, coming down. Whether it's on clouddiders.com with the guys that are writing great articles, whether it's different um, platforms that we're adding ourselves to and, and putting out different kinds of content in that capacity, uh, whether it's just different podcasts. We got some fun guests coming up. Um, be on the lookout for more 15 minute breaks, more inside glances, more fantasy football episodes, lots of fun stuff in store. And it's nothing without you guys on this ride. So um, I literally, I love every last one of y'all. Even Even the people who are hate listening, like you don't really want to see it shine. You want to be a hater. You don't want it to work. You're talking shit in the back channels. It's cool. It's cool. You're you're necessary. You're necessary to what we're doing here. It's part of it. It's all a part of this big, beautiful thing we got going. Guys, don't forget. It is your duty. It is your duty to make somebody smile today. To make somebody laugh today. To make somebody's day, period. Somebody who doesn't have what you have. Oh, I know... It's easy to think about what you don't have or what you want or things that just make you mad or that annoy you on a daily basis. It's easy to think about that, but try not to. Try not to. Count the stuff that you do have, the good stuff that you have, what you've made of it, and try to make somebody else smile today, somebody else laugh today. Sacrifice a little bit just for other people. Because I'm telling you, it feels way better. It feels way better. I love you guys. Have a great day. Great night. Great morning. Whenever you're listening to this, have a, have a great day. I'm out. Visit ClockDodgers.com for more unique content. Connect with us now by following at
1: ClockDodgers on Twitter, Instagram, and Periscope.